We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be, and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this first Sunday of many. Without NFL football, we are in the desert for five, six months of no games. Obviously, in about three, four weeks, we'll have free agency. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, less than three weeks, um, we'll have some type of news on Aaron Rodgers. Just a resolution is all I care about at this point. I don't care what the resolution is. I just want it to be over with. We have the draft in April. And then after the draft, you know, you've got some, you know, off-season workouts, OTAs, stuff like that in, you know, May and June. And But we don't have any games for like six months, any games that matter anyway. So we're in it. We're, we're in the darkness like Aaron Rodgers, except it's six months and a really terrible analogy. So, um well, Gage, you know, it's that time of year. The Super Bowl's over. By the way, first of all, I presume you watched the Super Bowl last week, yes? Of course, yes. And and what did you think of the game overall as a whole? Uh, I thought that the game was good. 
I enjoyed it. I said last week on the pod, when you asked me for my prediction for the game, I said the Eagles were better in many areas. Uh, I thought that the Eagles were good enough to win, but I ultimately said I think the Chiefs were going to win. I think it was going to be a close game. And I'd say that I hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the game. Um, just to get, I didn't really tweet about the uh, holding call on Bradbury near the end of the game just because I didn't because I don't have the energy to argue with people. However, <laughs> my official statement on it, because there's a lot of Chiefs people that are, well, see, it was a holding call. He even admitted it. Okay, that's not, that's not what's being argued. What's being argued is the consistency. You made that call in that situation after letting more egregious holds go earlier in the game. And that's why, that's where my issue was. I'm like, okay, you can't make that call in that spot when you have let more blatant calls go later in the game. Like, if you ask Bradbury, the one on third down on Juju, it was much earlier that Bradbury clearly held him. It was like he, it was clear as day. Everybody could see it. And you don't call that. And I'm sure if you asked him, hey, was that a hold? He probably would have said, yeah, I just got away with one. And so that's where my issue was. I'm like, the, the consistency of refereeing continues to be a problem. We don't know what a catch is. There's no consistency play to play. And the fact that it happened at the biggest spot in the game is the worst part about it. That, that, so that's my thing on that. I thought the game overall was good. I thought the commercials were lackluster. I don't know if that's just me. In fact, actually, I know it's not just me. I've talked to other people. They thought the commercials were lackluster. There were a couple of good ones, but for the most part, kind of underwhelming. But overall, for a game I had no rooting interest in, I enjoyed the game itself. Yeah, I thought the game was good. Um, you know, the holding call at the at the end of the game, I mean, my my thing is, and I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with me, but, like, I I feel like part of the reason why officiating in the NFL is so bothersome to us is because like, if you go by the rule, right. If you go by the rule, it was a hold, right? No, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Like if you look at it and say, okay, what is the objective rule? Everybody agrees it's a hold, but then like you get into this nuance of like, and like there's a difference between what you're saying in consistency and what some other people argue, which is like, you just can't make that call in that point in the game, right? I so, disagree with those people. Like, I get the whole, well, you got to just swallow the whistle there. No, you, you like that. That's a hold. You got to call that because that's the rule. Like, like you said, but mm-hmm. yeah, like my thing is more of the consistency of it. Like, if you're going right. to call that, you have to call the thing earlier in the game. Just like I have said, like, I think one of my most popular tweets ever was the one from the Packer Buccaneers game couple years ago when Lazard got held very blatantly at the end of the first half the ball gets picked off on that same play and the Bucks get a touchdown out of it and it ends up and that like is kind of swings the game and then at near the end of the game when Kevin King gets called for a hold that the ball was one probably uncatchable and two was just as blatant and I'm like okay you can't call the first the second one but not call the first one especially in that spot. It just makes it look worse. And like that, like the Bradbury one, both of them were holds, but it looks worse because you called one in a big spot. But yeah, no, I think the people saying you can't call it in that spot, that's that's not right. Like the, the refs have a job to do. 
right. may not like the timing, but they have their job to do. Right. Well, and so what I so I think first of all, there are two different arguments of consistency versus time of game. There are two different arguments, but I think what my personal belief of why officials are maybe not as good, and I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with me, but it it's almost like we, you know, they're not immune to what, like they they're very well aware after games, like if they make a call that's good or bad or kind of swings the game, like they're human, they 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 know that. Like those officials after last Sunday's game are well aware of what's being said about them, uh, you know. So like it it seems like we put them in a bad spot. Because it, it seems like regardless of what they do, there's always somebody that's unhappy and we're always complaining about them. Like, you know, so, yes, the consistency is one issue, but like, you know, OK, so by rule, yes, he should have thrown the flag. Right. But then we're unhappy about it because we say, oh, well, you know, it was kind of ticky tacky. And so, like, like when you're an official and you're looking at something like Obviously, they should just be going by the rule book, but they're not immune to the outside noise of what they know is happening. So it's like because we're always constantly complaining, like I feel like some of it is just like they're just like, well, what do I do? Like, I'm damned if I do and I damned if I don't, you know, so I I, I think, you know, I don't think that's a whole reason as to why the officiating. There's obviously many other factors as to why it's not great. But like, I mean, it feels like because of how we look at it. Like, they're just like, I don't know what to do, because if I don't throw the flag, people are going to say, well, you missed an obvious hold. And if I do throw the flag, people are going to say, well, you you know, you need to swallow the whistle in that moment. And so I think some of it is, is we just we don't have a consistent. Like, what do we want from them? And really what we should just want from them is what is the rule? Is, is it a penalty? And and, you know, the consistency thing makes it difficult because, yes, like you said, letter of the law that's a flag at the end of the game but the you know the penalty that they didn't call against juju you know earlier yeah, well, it was the... a flag on bradbury so both of them were like they both would have been eagle well, like it was bradbury holding both times the only difference right. is one got called and one didn't right and you could argue that if that hold like if he if bradbury doesn't hold on the first one earlier in the game juju was had a lot of room to run and I believe it was a third down play, and so he would have. So that would have been a first down conversion, and who knows what would have happened after that. Like I right. said, my whole thing just comes down to consistency, and I get that they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. But that's the that's the job, right? It, like it, I don't expect perfection. As I've gotten older, I've learned that it's it's very hard to expect refs to be perfect, especially with the game moving so fast. And it's much easier for us to sit here on our couch when we're not running around, we're not yelling, we're not, or we don't have like all the stuff going on. It's easy for us to sit here and be like, how how did you miss that? You're stupid, whatever. I get that. But like I said, my main thing is consistency, and that's across all sports. Uh, I I understand people don't like the idea of robot umps in Major League Baseball. I don't hate them because I don't love I, – I think that bad umps are bad for the game, and I think that they – oh, and I think that goes in every sport. Bad refs – like in the NBA that want to eject guys or tech guys up for like Luca got a Luca got ejected for talk, for yelling at his own teammate in the, in the last couple of months. John Morant got ejected for talking to a fan and, and not only, and he wasn't even yelling at the fan. He was being nice and talking to a fan and got ejected. I don't think that refs taking games over 
and being the stars is is good. I think it's bad. I think that when you know a ref's name, that's normally never a good thing. Right. Now, there are MLB umps that I think and or well just if a guy's doing a really good job, awesome. Great. Let's re- give him the recognition. Like there's a uh umpire scorecard on Twitter will every for every MLB game will put up a little graphic of the accuracy of the call, the consistency of calls. And the best umps like there was a guy last year, I think had a hundred percent, like called a perfect game behind the plate. Didn't miss anything. I think, and I think that was in the world series too. I, I think it might've been, there's a, there was a guy a couple years ago that got like a 99% game. And his one call was like, he called something, a, a ball that was a strike. It was close, but, and he apologized to the pitcher after that. Like when he, like after the game, he knew he missed the call and he apologized for it. Cause he felt bad. So when guys are when we when like and I want to build those guys up when somebody does their job well I think they deserve to be known but right now the way modern sports are we only know somebody's name when they're doing their job poorly when it comes to ref, when it comes to re- referees and officials in whatever sport you may be looking at like Angel Hernandez there's a reason everybody knows who he is <clears throat> it's not for good reasons yep. so yeah I like I like my whole thing was just the consist consistency on play to play and. I understand they're not going to be perfect, but they could be a whole lot better. Well, that is very true. Well, hopefully everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, commercials were lackluster to me as well, and I I didn't have anything against the halftime show, but I just Rihanna just wasn't something that I wanted to watch. My wife watched the entire thing; she loved every minute of it. Um, so, sounds like. People like the halftime show, but uh, let's let's talk some Packers here. And, you know, I prefaced with we're at that kind of time where, you know, Gage, you and I were talking that the offseason is kind of hard for the Packers because we're a team that doesn't have a lot of drama. As you pointed out, we have one guy who's got drama, but as a team, Green Bay consistently you know, they Pretty just drama kinda, free for the most part. Yeah, they, they, they go about their business and they just take care of what they need to take care of. And there's not a whole lot to talk about. Obviously, there's the Aaron Rodgers story, which has been talked to death at this point. Um, but, you know, we thought since there's not a whole lot going on, you know, it might be interesting to talk about the Aaron Rodgers thing from the organization standpoint. You know, what does the. What does the front office want to do with him? And, you know, I know they publicly said that, you know, if he wants to be back, we want him back. I don't necessarily think that's true because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of this situation is kind of unfortunately comparable to politics, which is when you speak out loud in front of people, you have to say certain things, even if they're not necessarily true. Um, And. Gage, I, I want to get your take on it, but I I get the feeling that, you know, Green Bay, as far as Brian Gutekunst, I know Matt LaFleur might feel differently because he's the head coach, and you're going to kind of touch on that a little bit, but I get the feeling that the front office wants to move on from Aaron, but I think they don't want to be the bad guys. They they kind of it feels like they're like we would like him to move on, but we don't just want to come out and say, "Yep, we're we're moving on, we're heading in a different direction." Um, 
So I, I think what they say publicly is one thing, but I think behind closed doors, I think what they would, in a perfect world, what they would like is they would like Aaron to come back and do one of two things. Either say that he is going to retire. Um, while that doesn't help them cap-wise or get them anything, it, you know, it allows them to move on with a decision that he made, right? You know, um, or two, I think they'd like him to come back and say, you know, yeah, I want to come back, but I'd like to be traded, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen. I don't, as far as I don't think he's going to be the one to come to them and say, hey, yeah, I want to play, but I want to be traded. So I think that's what they'd like in a perfect world. But I think the Packers want to move on from him as an organization. I think they want to see what they have in Jordan Love. They know that Aaron can't play forever. At some point, you're going to have to have a different quarterback under center, whether it's this year or in the near future. And they invested a first-round pick in Jordan Love, and I think they want to see what they've gotten him. And I think it's made a little bit easier by the fact that, you know, the team as a whole was not great last year. You know, they had moments where they looked okay, but Aaron Rodgers was not the Aaron Rodgers that we know. And sure, some of that is probably due to the personnel that he had around him. But like for somebody that makes $50, $60 million a year, you expect a little bit of elevation from Aaron to the rest of the team. And it didn't feel like he had that last year. So I think they want to move on from him. But I mean, Gage, you know, what, what do you think the Packers internally, maybe they're not saying it out loud, but what do you think the Packers, do you think they want him back? Or do you think some of that's just kind of them saying what they have to say and they want to do something different? So you mentioned the, I'm going to go over a couple of things. First thing, uh, you mentioned that I was going to touch on coaches versus GMs in terms of what LaFleur might think versus Goot. Um, this is a saying I've heard uh, for a couple of years now uh, on various podcasts. And it's coaches want to win now. GMs want to win three years from now. And basically what that means is if a coach in most organizations, there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, when a coach is brought in, the coach is brought in to win. The coach is brought in to win now. Teams, that's why, that's why teams consistently churn coaches out year over year. Part of that's just bad ownership and bad team management. But for the most part, it's, they want to win, and you have a couple of years to start winning. And if you are not, and your message is getting stale, and it's not getting any better, and you're not showing year-over-year improvement, then you're gone. Meanwhile, for GMs, it's their job to win three years from now. That means their job is to come in and tell the owner, look, you're not winning right now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear, tear us down to the studs. We're going to be bad this year. Well, there's two options. You can either say we're going to be bad this year or we're close to good. All I got to do is make a couple of moves and we'll be good. And in a couple of years, we'll be the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league, whatever. That's But that's the difference. You have a constant push and pull, and that's why when a coach becomes the GM, things get a little hairy because now you have a guy whose job it is to win now is now taking on the job of a guy who's supposed to be trying to win three years from now, but instead everything's just getting sold. And that's why you have like Bill O'Brien was just trading every, the trading everybody that he could and trying to just trade picks and do whatever. Every team's different, but, but for the most part, that's what's going on. I think LaFleur probably wants Aaron back from the standpoint of Aaron is good still, 
and he knows that Aaron can be can probably still be the guy. On the other hand, I think that I think LaFleur would probably be okay with Aaron moving on because we know and any and anybody that watches has watched Packer games since Matt LaFleur became the coach can see that there is some friction still. Like they've coached they played together for four years now between Rodgers and LaFleur. Four years. And there's been friction there. Rodgers disagrees with LaFleur's calls and you can hear it in press conferences where LaFleur was never going to throw Rodgers under the bus, no matter what. It was never going to happen because he knew that that's not what he, that he couldn't do that. Meanwhile, Aaron was a little more willing to throw coaches and people under the bus, but he, I think he portrays one thing and kind of shows a different thing. Meanwhile, in the front office, I agree with you. I think, I honestly think that, that Goot wants Rodgers to go for two reasons. One, if he retires, yeah, you're not going to get anything for him. Your cap's messed up, whatever. Two, he knows that his future hinges on Jordan Love. Because I think if Rodgers comes, like, let's say Rodgers comes back and says, I want to play this year. Jordan Love's gone. There's no, that's, that's what's happening. He's not, Jordan Love's not sticking around for another year. There's no chance. So Jordan Love's getting traded. The only way you keep Jordan Love around is if you if is if Rodgers comes back and says I'm retiring at the end of the season. So if you guys want to keep Jordan Love, you can tell him I'm retiring at the end of the year. If he wants to go, he can go. Whatever. But I think Goot knows that if Rodgers comes back, hit that that Love pick continues to look worse. The more games that Rodgers plays in green and gold, the worse the Love pick gets. Even if Love leaves, goes to another team, becomes a Hall of Famer, wins three Super Bowls, whatever, and Goot can be like, I drafted the guy, I knew what I was doing. No one will care. He will be fired because of that pick. So I think what Goot wants is Rodgers to come back and say, I want to be traded to the Raiders. So trade me to the Raiders. Get their first overall pick, whatever. Whatever you got to do, get the deal done. That's where I want to go. I want to go play with Devontae. So I think the front office wants Rodgers to ask for a trade. I don't think they, because they additionally, they want him specifically to say that they want it, that he wants a trade. They don't want him to come back and say, I think the team wants to trade me. They don't want that because, like you said, they'll be made to look like the bad guys. Guess what? You're going to look like the bad guys no matter what. There's you, you, that Flat out, that's how it's going to go. Unless Rodgers comes out specifically and says, I didn't or I wanted the trade. The team didn't want to trade me. I told them I was going to retire if they made me stay in Green Bay. That is the only way that they look like the only way that they don't look like the bad guys and even then some people will still paint them as the bad guy we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you know, and that's an interesting point about the. this is something and I don't understand it. Like. Who cares if you look like the bad guy? Like, ultimately, like if you like if you are a GM, if you're Brian Gutekunst and you think not because he's necessarily your pick, but you're like, yes, like Jordan Love is going to be good. Right. Maybe it takes him a year. Right. Because Aaron Rodgers was good in his first year as a starter, but the team was only six and ten. Right. They didn't make the playoffs his first year as a starter. But like what I don't get is if you truly think Jordan Love is good, who cares what the fan reaction is? Because guess what? If he turns because you're going to get fired regard like if Jordan Love is bad, you're going to get fired. Right. Like that's going to happen. Like the, the fan reaction to it is not going to get you fired. Like, like, I, I just don't understand why, like, I mean, it's not that you want to be mean about it, but like at the end of the day, if you really believe in your guy and you believe it's the right move for the team, that's your job. Your job is not to necessarily care, you know, what the fans think, especially for a guy that's going to be what, 40 this year, be different if we were having this conversation and Aaron Rodgers was turning 30. And he had, you know, eight plus years of, you know, high level play left. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be done sooner rather than later. So, like, I just don't understand why nobody wants to look like the bad guy. I, I, that's just something that I don't know, Gage, maybe you have a thought on that. But I, I just don't I don't get why teams and organizations care so much about that image. Tickets. But if fans are mad at you and fans don't like the team, they're not going to buy tickets. Green Bay fans <laughs> are different. They'll still buy tickets. I know that. But the GM can't be confident in that. The GM has to, has to assume that if he makes the wrong decision and the fans are mad, fans won't buy tickets, and then he'll be out of a job, the team will lose money, whatever. I don't, I don't agree that it's right, but that's ultimately what it comes down to just in terms of teams in general. Like, teams... And general managers, when they make moves that are unpopular, for the most part, they, I mean, I will say that the Cleveland Browns GM getting to keep his job and being, well, granted, that's because the fan base thought that Deshaun Watson was a good idea, but whatever. Um, I, I think that's what it comes down to for Goot. I think that Goot needs to make the decision that he believes is the best for the team and deal with the blowback later. Because uh, like you said, if Jordan loves bad, he's going to end up getting fired anyway. Um, but I think... I think you got to ride with your guy. I think we've seen some stuff from Jordan Love that would tell us, you know what? Maybe he, maybe he's got it. Maybe he's got something. Because I don't think he, I don't think he has nothing. I I don't think that ever that 
random Packer fan on Twitter knows better than the team does is if the guy had nothing, wouldn't he be gone by now? Yes, I I would think so. So, yeah, I think that, like, to sum up everything, my belief is that the Packers internally would be okay with Aaron Rodgers leaving either via retirement or by requesting a trade. That's my belief. That also could be just how I think the te- how I think the team should handle it. I um, understand people are going to take this as me saying just I don't like Aaron Rodgers or it's because of his political beliefs or because of his personal beliefs or whatever. And that's fine. You can believe that. Uh, that's not what it is. I appreciate everything Rodgers has done uh, for the organization. I respect everything he's accomplished to this point. He's won four MVPs. Uh, I got to see. I got to see the team that I have rooted for since as long as I can remember. I got to see them win a Super Bowl because of him. I know. I know plenty of people that can't say that. I know plenty of people that are fans of teams that can't make that same claim. Uh, but I. I can. I can say that I got to watch my team that I root for win a Super Bowl, and I'm thankful and grateful for that uh, from Aaron. But. I also understand that I that sometimes just it's time. It's time to part ways. And I think that that's where the team is at right now. I think that's where the internal Packer organization people are. I think that's where I honestly think that that's where Aaron is to a certain extent. Cuz like he's made it could just be that he is the supreme smart wizard that knows how to say things just correctly. Like there was the statement that he made, I think it was on McAfee on Tuesday last week of at 18 years, that'll that place will always be home. Like it, it, talking as if like that's the end of it, and who knows? But I think ultimately, I think it's time. And if this gets me like just canceled by Packer Twitter, then so be it. But it <laughs> has been a fun 18 year run with him, and we saw a lot of team success. Uh, maybe not a lot of Super Bowls, not as many as I would have liked, but got one, and that's uh, more than zero. So. More in Minnesota and Chicago have in my lifetime. More in Chicago, Minnesota, and Detroit have in my lifetime. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's not saying a whole lot, but uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I personally just think it's time to move on. Aaron, at some point, is not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to play forever. And Tom Brady has been the exception, not the rule. So I don't think playing till forty-five is something that many, most quarterbacks will do. Um, I think I still think that the the information we have right now in front of us says that 40 is about it and Aaron is turning 40. And so um, I I think it's time to move on. I think the organization quietly would like to move on. The thing that will be the most interesting, in my opinion, is if Aaron does come to them and says, hey, I want to come back and I want to be in Green Bay. That'll be what I think will be the most interesting to see what Green Bay does, because I I think they would like to move him and I think they would like it to be an easy decision. But if he comes back and says, no, I want to play and I want to play here in Green Bay, you know, that makes Green Bay make a decision. Well, do you bring him back or do you say, well, we appreciate that, but we're going to still we're going to move on from you anyway. I don't see them. If he comes back and says, I want to play in Green Bay, I, I don't see a world where they trade him. Unless a team presents a godfather offer, like just gives way, just 
overpays, like pays three thousand cents on the dollar. I don't, I don't. If he comes back and says, "I want to play," I want to play in Green Bay. I don't see any way he gets traded unless a team just pay, just is handing Green Bay money. Well, we'll know in hopefully the next two or three weeks. He's coming out of the darkness. I hope it's within soon. the next week. Okay, you went to the darkness. It's been a few weeks since the season ended. The season ended a month and a half ago. You, it's time. Yeah, you've had your weeks. You've had your darkness. Figure it out. I would say, like I mean, I know they've they've given him till free agency, which is what's the one, two, three. About three weeks away. Three weeks from today is roughly the start of free agency. Um, which I know, he, and he has said that he will make a decision by then. But I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know. I just, I don't know how you can continue to drag it out that long. But whatever, we'll have a we'll have a decision at some point. You know, we're we're we're. We're constantly on Rogers' watch here, so I mean, I um, guess we didn't know that he was going to play two years ago until he showed up for training camp. So I, you know, I, I don't know why we expect him to make a decision soon. <laughs> well, I think this time the Packers will hold him to one. So I think within the next three weeks, you'll for sure get something. But um, I mean, Gage, that's that's about it right now for Packers world. I mean, obviously, the yesterday's show they they talked about uh, the Aaron Jones contract restructure, which is great to have him back, but um, it's just going to be kind of wait and see now. You know, free agency's coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. We'll see what the Packers want to do with that. And then it'll be the draft, and then it'll be summer baseball before we get to any meaningful football. So we got a long ways to go until next year, but um, for now, it's just Rodgers' watch. So uh, real quick, wrap things up here, Gage. If people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how can they do that? As always, you can follow me on Twitter at GBridge for the NFL. All of my links to all of my work is over there. Uh, mostly just doing Denver Nuggets stuff uh, for Denver Stiffs. That got extended till the end of March now. So we'll see what happens with that. But until then, uh, not really doing any, uh, not really doing any other stuff. I might be adding some baseball content uh, when that kicks up here in the next uh, month and a half. But Whatever I end up doing, wherever I end up made, wherever I end up doing it, add you bridge for NFL on Twitter. All right, awesome. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Um, I guess if you're really starved for football, uh, the XFL started up this weekend. The USFL starts, I think, in early April. So I mean, there is football to be had, but. Um, I don't know. I, I'll probably watch like maybe this weekend, but I didn't watch any of the USFL last year. So, um, but there's something for you to consume. If you want to watch football, it's out there, not hard to find. So with that being said, thank you everybody so much for listening. And as always, go pack, go.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.